name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and ever and through ages of ages. Amen. Today's gospel text is very beautiful. I'd like to just go through it uh, and kind of make a few comments, encourage you in a few areas. Um, The Lord made his disciples get into a boat and go before them to the other side. The Lord knew this was going to happen. Get into the boat to go to the other side. And he sent them... Uh, he sent the multitudes away, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he had, he had come, he was alone there. This idea of, the, of prayer is such a critical thing for us, and the Lord gives us many examples of kind of how to pray and why we pray. Okay, it's very important that we see prayer as a means to an end, not an end in itself. I did my prayers. I did my prayers this morning, Father. I'm doing my prayers. Well, that's the means. The end is to draw near to God, to go up to the mountain, to ascend to God. That's why we pray. We pray to ascend. It's a means to an end. The saints say the greatest prayer is silence. When you get to the top of the mountain, There's nothing to say. You just have to be there. Prayer, beloved, is a means to an end. That's why we struggle to pray. That's why we fight to pray. That's why it it, it is difficult. It's like climbing, climbing. Some days we feel like we pray and we don't get close to God at all. Some days we feel like we're, we're, we're there and we've arrived and the next day we wake up and we can't even barely pray. It's a work, it's a work, but it's, a, it's an ascension to God. So important for us to see prayer as a means to an end, a way to ascend to the mountain. So when you get up in the morning to pray, get up, the mount, get up in the morning to go to the mountain. Get up in the morning to go to God and use prayer as a means to do that. That's a very different way to approach prayer, as a means to an end. And then it continues. But when the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves of the wind, and the wind was contrary, now the fourth watch, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And he cries to them, Take heart, it is I, have no fear. St. Theophylactic, very interestingly, says, Why did the Lord wait till the fourth watch? That's the end of the night. It was stormy the whole night long. St. Theophylactic says, because God is showing us that he wants us to face our tribulations bravely. Be brave. Be brave, Christian people. When you come to a tribulation, it doesn't have to be solved right then. Face it with hope. Face it with patience. Face it with with love. Face it it with faith. Face it with rationally, God is going to help me. You have to understand that God puts us in circumstances for periods of time so that we can face those times bravely. So we can 
learn to be brave Christian people. That's a powerful thing to understand. You know, we all want our tribulations and struggles to go away right away. We want them to be taken away in the first watch. But that never tests our bravery. That never tests our fortitude. You know, we, we know that. Perseverance builds character. Character builds hope. Hope brings love. Okay, we know that. That's from St. Paul in Romans 5. So, the Lord says, Take heart, it is I have no fear. It is I have no fear. You know, I think it's so critical, and I'll say it to myself first, it's important to listen for God's directions in life. You know, when something happens to us, we run into a problem, it's like our first response is to figure out how to fix it. How to fix it. How to approach it, how to go after that. You know, maybe I'll read a book on it, maybe I'll do this on it, maybe I'll go to this friend, I'll go to that friend. Be quiet and listen. Be quiet and listen to God. He says things like, take heart, it is I, have no fear. It's I, have no fear. That small, still voice. You know, Elijah found it. The voice was not in the fire, was not in the earthquake, was not in the wind. It was in a quiet voice. A quiet voice. You know, the other day I was going through some difficulties, and I, as my mind goes right to the problem, and I start fixing it in my head. Every time I thought about that issue, I started fixing it. And the small, still voice said, after many, many days, <laughs> I finally listened, the small, the small, still voice said, be quiet and pray. Be quiet and pray. Wow. That changed everything. Stop thinking and pray. Take heart. I am with you. Have no fear. Listen for the voice. Listen for the voice. Then Peter says, when they recognize that it's God, he says, bid me to come. That, and I, I think about this in my own story, is that our request? Is that, is that how I approach my life? Lord, bid me to come to you? Or am I attached to so many things in my life, so many struggles, so, many, uh, so much stuff, so much material stuff, that I don't even have the words to say, bid me to come? I'm stuck back here in all this stuff. Can, can I say, Lord, truly, Lord, bid me to come. Bid me to come. Bid me to just let this stuff go and let me come to you. That is so good to be able to do that. 
It's not that this stuff goes away. He just says, don't do this to it. Do this to it. You can let it go. You can move forward away from it. This isn't your life. God is your life. So may we say with St. Peter, bid me to come. And then, beautifully, as uh, it continues, the Lord says, come. And he gets out of the boat and he walks on the water to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. So it's very interesting to me, and this is such a critical lesson for us, that if we are to live life as Christian people, where must our eyes be focused? On who? On Christ. You can say it, on Christ. Say it, on Christ. You're alive, thank goodness. I thought there was a problem in the audience. there. On Christ. Our eyes are on Christ. When we run into trouble, it's normally because our eyes are not on Christ. Our eyes need to be on Christ. And we walk on the top of the wave. We walk on the top of the water when our eyes are on Christ. You know, I say many times to myself and to others that when we really begin to sin, the first problem is not the sin. The first problem was I took my eyes off of Christ. That was the first problem. So I need to Repent to put my eyes back on Christ and keep my eyes focused on the Lord. For what happens when we look down at all our tribulations and troubles? What did Peter do? You can say it. We sink. Have you ever sunk into your troubles? Have you ever been sunk by your problems? Have you been sunk by your concerns? By your fears. So what was the problem? The fears? No. What happened to your eyes? They stopped looking at Christ. And you look down and you go, ah, look at the waves, look at the wind. Look at my problems. Ah! Clunk, clunk, we all do it, and we're going to do it again, and the Lord says there's a solution, because I know it's going to happen. I know you're going to keep your eyes on me, and then you're going to look at your problems, and you're going to sink, and there's something I want you to say when you do it. It's what Peter said. What did Peter say? Lord, save me. Lord, save me. That's all you got to say. You know what happens? The Lord reaches down and picks you up and puts you back in the boat. That's what happens. When the Lord, when you say with your heart, Lord, save me, He does. This is so critical for us to understand. Eyes on Christ, when we sink and take our eyes off of him, what's our response? 
Lord, save me. Lord, save me. What a beautiful thing. What a simple way God has given to us to make recovery. Lord, save me. And then, very beautifully, he says, immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got back into the boat, the wind ceased. So, for us today, what's the boat? Get back into the boat. This is actually, this part of the church is called the nave. The navy, the boat, the ark. Get back into the boat. Get into the boat. And I'll say this again because it's such a dramatic remembrance of mine. And uh, Brother John Braun doesn't probably remember this, but I've said this before to you, and I'll say it again. I was struggling in my life, and I didn't really know back in the early 70s kind of everything, how everything was going to work out for me, and just didn't know what to do, and I had great anxieties, uh, wife and two children, what else could you have, you know, but anxiety with a wife and two kids, and not knowing what direction you were headed. So Father John Braun said something to me, because I wanted a quick fix. I wanted him to fix me right away. Just tell me something that I could walk away feeling better. He said, no, Father Nicholas, you know what you, what, that wasn't my, no, Kurt. Uh, you know what you need to do? You need to jump into the church with both feet. Into the middle. Into the middle. And I did. And look at the mess that he created. <laughs> I'll never forgive you, no. May, look at, just jump in the middle, beloved. Jump in the boat, stay in the boat. Jump in the middle of the boat, stay in the boat. It makes all the sense in the world. That's where God dwells, that's where you get help, that's where everything sits in the middle, and that, that's where all the love, joy, peace, health, salvation, visitation, pardon, forgiveness of sins, everything sits right there in the middle of the boat. We wander out over here, we run into trouble. Into the waves, into the water. We don't need to be out there. We need to be in the middle of the boat. So I would encourage you today, beloved, stay in the boat. Jump in the boat. If you're on the periphery, jump in the middle. If you're on the edge, jump in the middle. Jump in the middle. Live the life. It's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. So commit yourselves more today to God, to keep your eyes on Christ, to be a more committed member of his holy kingdom by being more committed to being in the center of the boat. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.